Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to another episode with Eric Qualman. In the last episode, we discussed Eric's book, Socialnomics, leveraging voice to text and much more. In today's episode, we're going to discuss another one of Eric's books called The Focus Project and how we can better focus on the most important things. Let's talk about your book, The Focus Project. And let's start off by, by discussing why is it so hard to focus in today's world? It's super hard to focus. It's hard to focus in this unfocused world. There's just too much going on. It's always been hard to focus, but now when you think about these bits, these bites, these buzzes that are coming at us 24 seven, it's just really difficult for our brain that hasn't been wired for this new technology to manage it. And so that's what I went under. I go, man, I feel like my hair's on fire at the end of the day. I'm doing busy versus big. And I started talking to people when I was speaking around the world and super successful people, also just average day people is that we're like, oh man, we're all struggling with this. So let's figure out how do we solve for it? And so that's why for a thousand days, I just looked at the institutional research and then married it with the street science, me actually going and doing it and just trying to figure out how do we do the not so simple art of doing less comma better. So the not so simple art of doing less comma better because a lot of your listeners you're in the Western world, it's like more, 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 more. Yeah, we can have it all. We just can't do it all at once. And so it's trying to figure out how to do that. I love it. So with all of these distractions, everything pulling us a million different directions, what should we choose to focus on? And, and how do we choose what to focus on? Yeah, I mean, first you've got to foundationally figure out what makes you the happiest? You, you'll hear this passion. And then a lot of people get stressed out, freaked out because they're like, I don't know what my passion is. Like I if I knew what my passion was, I'd just go hundred miles per hour for that. And I see these people that like, oh, I'm going to be the best chef in the world. I'm like so jealous because that person's so dedicated to becoming the best chef, the best singer, the best golf instructor, whatever it might be. And whether you're 18 or 80, sometimes you're like, I don't know what my passion is. And so where you want to start, some of you out there know what it is, so you're ahead of the game. Others of you that don't know it, don't stress out, because you'll hear a lot of people at all the seminars you go to say, go with your passion or find your joy, whatever you want to use. And so if you don't know what it is, here's what I want you to do. Just write down at the end of the day what made you the happiest and why. If you do that for a couple of weeks, you're going to see a pattern. Yeah. Other, And you do that pattern, then that's where you're, that's foundationally, what do I need to do to allow for that fulfillment. And then once you have that, which some of you do, or you'll get that, then it's trying to figure out how do I stay focused on that? With everything pulling at me, how do I stay focused? Now, one of the biggest things we discovered is those that are very successful, or what society deems successful, is that they're better at focus than most of us, but it's also the number one thing that they wrestle with. So again, they index higher, they're better than at most people, but it's also just like all of us, it's the number one thing they wrestle with. And so what they've become good at, the reason they're better is not DNA, it's not education, is that they've become good at saying no to almost everything. So they can say yes to the big things. So how do you say no better? Because most of us, like myself, you're people pleasers. And so you wanna yeah. say yes to as many people as possible. But actually, when you say yes to everyone, you're saying no to everyone. So just remember that you're actually doing everyone a disservice. So that helps me a lot. If I say yes to everyone, I'm going to do terrible for everybody. So I just don't have, I got to respect capacity. So 
that's a key understanding. But the tactical approach, if it's not an emphatic yes, it should be an emphatic no. Meaning, hey, I got two Super Bowl tickets. Yes, I want those. Hey, can you come open this cocktail reception in a couple of weeks? I should probably do it. Whenever you say I should probably do it, that's a no. So that's what all the top thought leaders, they go, I can't give away that potential future yes, because I know it's a limited inventory for a should be doing this. It's got to be an emphatic yes or it's an emphatic no. Yeah, that's one thing that really gets me is when people try to schedule me for like three months out for something that is not that important. And, uh, and then it takes you, then you're not free on that day at that time to do the most important thing. And I tell you what, that stresses me out more than just about anything is to be stuck doing something that you know is not your highest priority. And the reason they do that is because they're smart. They're reaching out to you because they know that most people think they have more time in the future, where it's easier for them to see on their calendars completely packed for next week. So that's a no. But when they go, how about in six months? Or when people say, so they smartly reach out to you that way. Or people go, okay, I'm going to start saying no. And they don't give a hard no. They're like, no, not right now, but maybe in a couple of weeks. That person's going to come back in a couple of weeks. So you just punted the can down the road. So if you know it's a no, do that person a favor as well, just by saying no. And anyone, all of you listeners, whatever you do, you're in sales. I don't care what you do. Everyone is in sales. Whether you're trying to convince your kid to eat broccoli, you're in sales. <laughs> Whether you're trying to get folks to come to volunteer at your school, you're in sales. You're trying to convince them to do something. So all of us are in sales. And when you think about that, when you think about that sales is a hard no is much better than a lingering no that becomes a no. Yeah. Meaning that you ask someone for a favor, ah, let me get back to you, maybe, blah, and it drags on for three, five weeks, and also it's a no. Where if you've got a sales pipeline report and you call that company and you say, hey, we've got this great software, do you wanna buy it? Absolutely not, great, I can move on from that person. <laughs> Yeah. Instead of wasting time, that person maybe, and then it becomes a no. How can I improve my focus? So there's tons of ways in the book because everyone's different. And so there's a lot of different nuggets that I actually use. It's right behind me that I actually read through and leaf through it because I wrote it primarily for myself as well. Like what's the research show and what works for me? And so as I get off track, which I do every week, again, progress over perfection, the one that really works best for me and works best for most people is one of the simplest things, actually. And some of you may know this and you just stop practicing it. I forget to do it a lot of nights, but it's really writing down at night, what's the most important thing that if you do it well, makes everything else either easier or unnecessary. The following day, writing down the night before, okay, I'm gonna write down, what's the one thing that if I do it well, makes everything else either easier or absolutely unnecessary. Writing that down, it tricks your brain in a good way so that it says that's been taken care of for tonight, so now I can sleep better. So those that struggle with sleep, you're thinking about all the things that you haven't done or need to do. And so that helps take that big one off of your brain. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're a little bit ahead because you've already, you don't wake up and go, what am I supposed to do? It's like, boom, I've got it. And then what you want to do is you want to use your power hour to attack that thing before the day attacks you. 
And I say power hour, I always just say dedicate, if you can, one minute. But for most of us, it's like dedicate 30 minutes. But when I say power hours, what's your optimal hour? When's your brain the freshest? And for most of us, our brain is the freshest within the hour we would naturally wake up. Just like a phone. Your phone starts to drain. The battery starts to drain throughout the day. For most of us, we're at our optimal, that hour when which we normally would wake up. And so this will be fun. We can do it together here. So if you're Saturday morning and the kids aren't getting up, not, no alarm clock set, no meetings. So I know it's a fantasy, but just think there's nothing going on Saturday. What time would you normally just wake up? I didn't set my alarm. So I set my alarm for 5.30. Oh, if you didn't set it, yeah. Yeah, if I didn't set my alarm and I could sleep in and I didn't have any responsibilities, I'd probably get up at eight or nine. Eight or nine. Very happy, yeah. Yeah, very happy. And that's the majority of people, they're called eagles. So we call them eagles, seven to 10. If you wake up between seven to 10 naturally, you're an eagle. Most people are eagles. If you wake up before seven, you're a robin. Naturally wake up, a robin. And then if you're a night owl, then it's any time you'd wake up after 10 a.m. So it doesn't matter really particularly which one you are. It's just that you know which one you are. And then so for you, if you say you wake up naturally at, say, 8.30, then between 8.30 and 9.30 during the week, even if you got up at 5.30, you've got to know that, that if you can jump in right away, go for it and get up and do that one thing right away. But if you don't, then that 8.30, 9.30 frame is a reminder, uh-oh, this is my power hour. Don't waste it on answering email. Don't waste it on the easy stuff. Let me attack that one thing that I know I have to get done. That is fascinating. I've never heard anyone explain that to me. I've, I've always heard people try to say, well, it's the first hour after you get up. And, and that's not my power hour, the first hour. You know, if I get up at 5.30, because my brain's not all the way woken up yet. I'm not processing things quite as well yet. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, can see the wisdom of that. Yeah, give it a try. I mean, like, what I caveat throughout the book is like, everyone's different. So here's a bunch of stuff. This worked for me, might not work for you. This didn't work for me, but it might work for you. Uh, but that's one of the commonalities that we've seen that seems to resonate with most people. Write down that one thing and then make sure you attack it before the day attacks you. Figure out what that power hour is. Are you a robin, eagle, or owl? And then to see if that does help you out. How do we help our team members, our employees and partners? And I like to say team members instead of employees. How do we help them be more focused? You know, kind of ask them what's their top priority. You'll see it across. A lot of people are doing huddles now, or if it's virtual, they might even, if they don't have time for a huddle, they'll just do a spreadsheet. Like, and they'll write in what's the one thing that they needed to do that week. And what's the one thing they're doing that day that rolls into that thing for the week. So breaking it down. And just constantly reminding them, helping from a support standpoint, did you get your one thing done yesterday? So kind of collectively holding everyone accountable for it. You see it work yeah. in exercise, right? You've got these group exercise. It's like, okay, we're not getting together as a group. Everyone work out. Here's your plan. And then in the, did you get it done? Yep, here was my time. Here's, here's how many sit-ups I did. And so it's that collectively holding each other accountable uh, which actually long-term leads to more fulfillment. Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, I got to, oh, I didn't do it. I got to get it ready. So that's the key is just making sure that it's clear. We like to call them islands. So here's our big islands. We're rowing towards those islands. So we, most 90% of us are visual. So if you can make it visual even better and just collectively have more check-ins. I think that's one of the learnings from the pandemic is even though we were together, 
in the office, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of us were checking in with each other. And so we started, you should have started checking in more in a virtual world and actually hold each other accountable more because that's the one thing you can see is, are we moving the needle? So we're actually in the office sometimes like, well, Tim's over there. He's been here all day. So he must be working where they weren't like tracking. Are we collectively going towards that island? You talk about doing focus groups with, within our business. Can you tell us a little bit more how you recommend we, we put those together and run them? Yeah. So not focus, like focus groups, like thinking you're going to St. Louis and sit behind the two-way glass and eating M&Ms and Reese's peanut butter cups, but more, if you can do it together, just like, okay, so you're probably wondering like, oh, I didn't achieve my goal this year for my new year's resolution. So only 10% achieve their resolution for the new year. And there's ways you can dramatically increase not only as a team, but also individually to achieve our goals when you think about our focus. And so number one, once you have an idea, if you just think it, oh, I want to run a marathon, you've got basically a 10% chance that you're going to be able to do that. Then all of a sudden you vocalize it and you tell someone, or actually you write it down. You go, I'm going to run that marathon. So you write it down. Now you've got, you've got a 50% chance to achieve it because you've written it down for yourself. You're like, I'm going to do it. Then you dedicate when you're going to do it. All right. When I'm going to do it. Okay. That jumps up 65% when, and then I tell someone that I'm going to do it. All of a sudden I'm accountable. Now you're jumping up. Now to get to 90%, you've not only written down, you're going to do it. You've got a, when you're going to do it, you've told someone about it. And now you're going to meet periodically with that person for them to hold you accountable to it. Now you're above 90%. So a lot of us don't do that, myself included, because it's scary because it's like, oh, now I can fail because I've told myself I'm going to do it. I've got a date and I've told people about it. So now I've got a chance to fail. That's why we avoid doing that. But just those steps, both as individuals and as teams, will help you achieve your biggest goals. Yeah, I love it. Really important. I'm in the middle of one of those now, and I've added accountability partners to it. And one more step that kind of helps as well is gamification, where you say, um, I'm going to make a donation to this charity of this, this uh, sports college sports program that's my arch nemesis for every day that I, I miss these goals. And, and well, that's I've, great. I've, I've had to owe a couple of those days <laughs> recently. <laughs> All right. Um, so we all do our to-do lists and, and you've just explained to us how we can achieve the things on that to-do list, but how do we prioritize that to-do list so that we can focus on the most important things? Like the, you gave the Warren Buffett story and he took the list of 20 and narrowed it down to three. How do we pick those three things? So again, this will be a good summary of kind of everything we talked about. You've got this long list, everything you want to do. And you've got to start with that core, like what brings you the most fulfillment. So it might be, it brings you joy, the passion, but at the end of the day, the thing we want to do as humans is be fulfilled. And the way we're fulfilled is through growth. And so whatever that growth looks like for you, it could be, you want to run a better time in the marathon. You want to learn a language. You want to grow your business. It's trying to figure out that core, starting with that core piece and then going from there. And then looking at that list, and going, which one aligns, making sure you're aligned with what you're passionate about so that it's not a, I should do this. It's a, I must do this. So you yeah. turn your shoulds into musts. So you're looking down that list. And then again, what we talked about earlier, circling the one that 
brings you the greatest return on investment, meaning what's the one thing that if I do it well, makes everything else either easier or unnecessary. Most of us default to the easy uh, because easy being a lot of times it's email. So we can see we have 80 email and I'm going to go, I'm going to get that down to zero. It gives you a quick dopamine hit, makes you feel better because you took that from 80 to zero. So you avoid those things, the big ones that we know that we need to do uh, to get to those big results. And so that's one thing you got to be cognizant of and make sure you do that. So again, look at that list, circle the one that's going to bring you the greatest return, but also it starts with that fulfillment piece. Now, once you start practicing this, so once you're in the day and the day starts to attack you, you've got to remain present from a standpoint of periodically throughout the day. And if it helps, you can put alerts in your watch or in your phone and just pause and ask yourself, what am I doing and why am I doing it? What am I doing and why am I doing it? And you can always look at your list of that one things that you circled that day and see if it's related to it or not. Thank you so much, Eric, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, we often have trouble focusing on the things that are important because we're constantly bombarded with notifications or other distractions. Number two, to choose what to focus on, we have to figure out what makes us the happiest, what our passions are. It will probably be easier for us to focus on the things we're passionate about because we're naturally drawn to them. Number three, if it's not an emphatic yes, it should probably be an emphatic no. Number four, at night we can write down the most important thing we need to do the next day to help us sleep and help us focus on that thing in the morning. Number five, we should use our power hour to help us work and focus on the most important things. Number six, in our teams, we can collectively hold everyone accountable, which can lead to more fulfillment in the long term. When we periodically meet with our teams and share our goals, we can have a higher chance of accomplishing our goals. Number seven, we can narrow down our to-do list by focusing on the things we're most passionate about and the things that give us the most fulfillment and growth. To learn more about or connect with Eric, you can find him on LinkedIn, visit his website at equalman.com, or check out his book, Socialnomics and the Focus Project. And you can find links to each of these sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get my free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority for your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. And if you got value from this show, I encourage you to subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in focusing on the things that matter most. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.